It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! I know the Cavs lost last night, but I took in, I took a lot of enjoyment out of watching the Yankees lose to the Astros. I enjoyed that. I didn't even turn that on. I was running around my family room at the end of the game going like that. <laughs> <laughs> I take that. I put it on after our postgame show last night. Yeah. I mean, I had it on during our postgame show, and then I watched the end and did enjoy the Astros. It's funny. Who would have thought a couple of years ago, like, you'd be rooting I, for the Astros? That's exactly what I said in that moment. I'm like, how can I root for these guys? They're cheaters. Yeah. But, but you know what? Everybody's a freaking cheater. So well, there were a lot knows? of people that were doing it. They yeah, were the poster yeah, yeah. child exactly. for it because they I'm, had I was a... glad the Yankees lost, too. Yeah, I, it was fun. I wanted um, to get swept, too, because if they get swept, then we can say the Guardians won more playoff games than the Yankees. That's this true. Year. <laughs> they didn't have a playoff uh, wildcard series. Yeah. Big show today. Uh, we're going to dive into the Browns' off- or defense versus the Ravens' offense. That could be where this game is won or lost, I'm mm-hmm. afraid. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll give you some numbers. We'll try to talk about what the Browns might be thinking about doing to try to keep Lamar Jackson in check. Also, we're going to kind of be putting Andrew Barry under the microscope. We've been talking the last week about his genius credentials. Perhaps did we stamp them too soon? Where are the Browns in terms of the players that his regime has drafted? So we're going to go through that and kind of see where the hits are, where the misses are, and which column has more. Also, we are going to start with the Cavs opening season loss in Toronto. We're going to touch on it briefly here at the start of the show. We'll get to it much more later. 108-105. I thought it was a game that they had in control. When they went to the fourth quarter, they were up eight. I felt like Toronto really hadn't done anything. Well, But that was after a bad start. Like the first 14 minutes. Well, the second quarter was, if we get the second quarter that we got last night out of the Cavs, this is going to be a really fun yeah, season. Yeah, they looked unstoppable. But in the fourth quarter, they had a lot of problems, um, particularly yeah. down the stretch. I thought they were sloppy down the stretch. But you got to chalk that up to Toronto's three-point shooting to start the fourth quarter. They had four of them in the first couple yeah. of minutes. And the next thing you know, an eight-point lead is a f- couple-point deficit just like that. And then and they just Toronto's to big and physical. They, they play tough basketball. What stood out sure. most? Obviously, we didn't mention Darius Garland. Yeah, I mean, that's what had stood the out the most. Eyelash. He played, I think, 12 or 13 minutes. Yeah, the two things that stood out to me real quick, guys, Darius Garland's injury, obviously, because at first it looked like nothing, and then he's getting up, and he looks like he can barely stand because he was very wobbly, and he uh, turns out he got scratched inside his eyelid, which, like, that seems – how the hell do you get scratched inside the eyelid? But – and the second thing that stood out to me is just um, – uh, oh, my God. I just forgot Donovan Mitchell. Couldn't think of his name yeah. for a second. Donovan Mitchell's like, he's just electric on the court. And, and not that watch. we hadn't seen it, but seeing it for our team, for the Cavs, that really stood out to me, Jason. I mean, I have to go Mitchell as well. Obviously, yeah. it's his Cavs debut in the way that he can see the floor. I was talking about it before the show. Yeah. His vision and just his awareness, his court awareness. And that's the difference between trying in, trying to play two ball, ball handlers together and Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and playing two ball handlers together and Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You saw when Garland went out, Mitchell can run things. He can get guys involved. He can break down a defense, penetrate the lane, and give you one of these. Uh, so I, I think he's going to do just fine in this offense. The thing with the Cavs, and, you know, I wasn't here yesterday. I, I, I went back and watched the show, and I saw the fence riders thing. I was curious to see on the 51 question, the 51 wins, I was really – I think they're going to be right around 50. Mm-hmm. And so I said, screw it. Let's call it 50. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll just I'll say yes. <laughs> but the thing that I'm really interested to see with them this year is they won some games last year just because they played hard. They played harder than the other team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can they do that again? Because as you get older and as you get established in the league, you don't do that. You don't play that hard. You realize it's a marathon. Yeah. And veteran teams, I mean, the, the championship Cavs, that window, they played hard for like six minutes a night. <laughs> you, could, you could visibly see it. It was like 
at whatever point it was, early fourth quarter, whatever, they were like, okay, we're going to play. Like, let's play. Boom. Just don't fall too far behind. They right. went through the motions for three and a half quarters. Yeah. And then they they drop the, the switch, hammer. They flipped the switch. Yeah, drop the hammer on them, get up 10 or 12, and you go back to coast. Like, I saw it night after night after night. That's just how veteran teams playing for April, May, and June play. And plus, the Cavs aren't going to sneak up on anybody this year. So they, like last year, a lot of teams didn't take them seriously. We saw that when Milwaukee came to town where it was just like they just railroaded the Bucks, And the Bucks were like, yeah, whatever. It's a Tuesday in Cleveland in March. Yeah. They're not going to have that this year. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they respond to that. But overall, I, who cares about one loss? Toronto's a really good team, too. It's tough to win it, for a, when a team is hosting their home opener. It's tough. You've got all the energy. And this Toronto team's good. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a good group of guys. They played well. And, G. Bush, what about you? Hey, man, I, I, I really thought, to me, when you get to see a superstar that pops up, and you, we like to say, okay, well, Colin Sexton was getting 24. See, now we see what levels is, right? You got an opportunity, opportunity to see the difference between somebody that score a lot and somebody that's a superstar at that type of level. And Donovan Mitchell is that guy. Like, you know, you could almost see him in his mind when Darius Garland went out. He kind of went in his bag, this mode, well, all right, let me get the ball there. Like, and then he just started immediately working and facilitating. And it was like, this dude did that, and this is the first game of the season. Usually, people, it takes some time for somebody to be like, okay, well, do I really want to facilitate more or do, I don't want to rub any, you know, do I want to hand the ball to Allen and do some things? Nope, nope. He's like, no, give me the ball, move out the way. We're going to get it done. And I was encouraged by that because now, obviously, Garland was out. But guess what? Think about the think about what happens now. If those two can figure it out when they go about getting their shots, how to facilitate. And I think JB has to also figure out his rotations as to when people get breaks. Yeah. And then Mobley figuring out, okay, well, where where do I get mine in, in the mix with these guards? So I think those are the big things. But the big takeaway is is yeah, they they got a superstar. And yeah. one thing I noticed late in the game was for a while they had um Jetty in the game and not Kevin Love, like towards the end of the fourth quarter. Eventually, they brought Love back in. Yeah, I'm not a big Jetty fan. <laughs> so yeah, here's what I'm wondering on that. I, yeah. th- as I, there are a lot of positives. Look at that in a second, but this brings me to my my question: Is who's the shooter? Who's the pure shooter on this team? And I, I think as you look at what they have, they've got the rim protectors, they've got the length. They obviously have Mitchell and a dominant ball guy who can score if he needs to, but. Where is the, sh- the the guy that's going to come in and just be that pure shooter? Is it Kevin Love? I think Kevin's probably the closest thing they have to that right now. Mm-hmm. He's just a, a terrific three-point shooter. I think shooter that might be the career. one thing that I wish they had that they don't, that maybe they can add throughout the course of the season. The other thing was I thought Allen and Mobley, it's, they're, they're going, it's going to be so much fun to watch them evolve together, particularly Mobley on the offensive side. But – I was disappointed when they needed stops late last night. There were too many times they weren't able to get them. Yeah. That was a little concerning to me. One of the fence rider questions was, Mikey, what was the number for uh, for Donovan Mitchell on the points over or under 25. averaging for the year? Was it no, 20, being a top, oh, five. A top five? Top, top five. The one, it, during that discussion, what we talked about was, we don't know if he's still going to be a volume scorer because – he can facilitate more now. Now, I know Garland was not on the floor for much right. of the night last night, and that allowed him to get up to 31 points. But as to the question of can he still be a volume scorer and facilitate, we saw that last night. He had nine assists, 31 points. Yeah, He was everything I had hoped he would be in his debut. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, he, he is, as advertised, a difference maker on this team. I'm not worried about one loss to start the season in Toronto. Um They've got a tough – they're in yeah. Chicago Saturday. Right, and, and then, then the home opener Sunday. And then they're, they're home Sunday. There so. are going to be growing pains between Darius and Donovan. And what I don't want to see is my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. Right, right, yeah. That's and I, I think you'll probably see a little bit of that early on. Why, just because they want to play nice? Just, just Yeah, you're playing nice. You're trying to get a rhythm with each other. You're trying to figure out tendencies and all that. Yeah. And I just don't know if they've had enough time together to what know. What dictates that? What the defense is giving them? Yeah, I mean, As to well, who should be the scorer in that in any given? Yeah, moment? I think you 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 get you kind of get into a rhythm with guys. You get into a flow. You know when a guy's feeling it. You let him have three or four in a row. Uh, you know, I remember LeBron and Dwayne when they first got together in Miami. It was very much my turn, your turn, my turn, yeah. your turn for quite a while, yeah. and they were really trying to figure that out. I think it'll be faster here because Darius is a natural point guard and he's used to getting people involved. 
and and Donovan obviously is a playmaker. Uh, so I, I I don't think it'll take too too long, but I would expect a, some growing pains early as these two learn how to play together and play off of each other. You know, a couple of things. Um, I was talking with your pal Joe Varden this morning. Yeah, good buddy. And uh, first of all, I asked him if we if he's uh, working on getting McMenamin back to Cleveland <laughs> since the Lakers are basically going to be useless this year. Um, he Get said the band back he's together. He's in the LA life. Yeah, so he, it's, Dave it's, is not coming back to late. Cleveland. It's too late. But he I, is. I, a, ESPN yes. tells him he is. Yes, that's true. All right, that's true. true. Trust me, I've yeah. talked to a lot. I've to, I'm friends with a lot of people that live yeah. that life. That's, that's true. true. So he one said, of the reasons I'm glad I am where I am. Yeah, you're in a good spot. <laughs> we talked about like Mobley having to be the best player to win a title, right? We've talked about that, and he said that that JB said, and I hadn't heard this that well, Mobley could be the best player on the team even if he's not the best scorer mm-hmm. on the team. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Right, like this, does he, when we say Mobley's got to be the best player for them to win the championship, does he have to be a 20-plus point scorer to be that? I think he, I think he will be. I don't know if he has to be, but I, like, I, I don't the, think he's that far he's right not. now from he's being not. that guy. Right. When they drafted him, I said he's the number one cornerstone foundation piece on a championship team. I was talking to a scout before that draft who said they better hope and pray Mobley's there when, they, when they're drafting because he's exactly what they need. Yeah. And by God, that was uh, <laughs> right. totally true. And he's just, he can do so much. He can do everything. He can guard. He can put the ball on the floor. He right. can shoot. So I think it's Took a it's, couple of threes like right off the bat. Yeah, today. and they they want that surprised me. They yeah. want to see that. They want to see that range develop. And and you know I said before, if he becomes a three, he's now a transcendent talent. I, I truly believe I sure. that. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. But they adam, are adamant they don't want him playing the three on a forty-eight minute or you know all the time. Yeah, because well, there's going to be other times during the games where they need him to do other things. Right, and they don't want him guarding KD and Giannis. For 36 minutes yeah, a night. Right. You, you know that's what I was dumb. watching? Um, I always watch it in summer. I stay watching, like, you know, they, there's these camps and different things that the players do, these open runs. So uh, a lot of the guys just, like, the whole Toronto Raptors team plays um, in this little, like, it's a gym where, you know, uh, I think his name is Rico Hines. He has all kind of guys on the West Coast. It's always like Harden and Westbrook, Durant, all these top notch guys are there. So the Raptors whole team was in this thing, like playing as a team. I thought that was crazy. But to get back to Evan Mobley, um, he was doing this open run in a different gym and they had, uh, I think it was Boogie Cousins. It was him and it, it was Durant. And him and Durant were guarding each other the whole game. And so he's guarding Durant full, Durant full court. And, you know, it was crazy because this was on TV. Yeah, this is on YouTube. Uh, yeah, this is on YouTube. So, okay. you, yeah, you, you got to have no life and go and, and have a sleeping <laughs> disorder to watch it. Like, you're like, dog, what did he's like, it's on TV? Nah, this is on yeah. YouTube at three in the morning. And they were going hard. And YouTube's the yeah. future of all television programs. Damn right it is. As we're finding out. Subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show because that's how you can do it. How do you subscribe? YouTube for the win. How do you hit the button, hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. Do what you got to do. G. Bush, let's not let's not crap on YouTube, man. We live on YouTube. If, if you don't place. know we live how on other to subscribe, places too. ask a young person in your life to <laughs> yeah, show you how to how. do it. They'll figure it. That's my what they're watching. Like, Listen, the kids are watching YouTube. My, yeah. mom is, my mom is still confused. She just figured out this week that my podcast is on YouTube. Just uh, <laughs> She was just listening to the audio version. Well, that's a bad job on you. You can I explain it. I just assumed she knew it. Or my wife. My wife talks to her every day, so I assume my wife had told her. You can watch it. I watched the show last night on my TV in my living room after the Cavs game. I pulled up. I want to see you guys. That's what's nice. With the Roku app. Yep. We're on Fire Stick, too, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are easy ways to get it to the big screen. You can, if, if you're really tech savvy, you can you know, screen image, screen mirror, you know, yeah, screen yeah. mirror yeah. to your, to your TV. Um, let's wrap it up. We're going to come back to the Cavs. We're yeah. going to talk about it Wait, a little I, bit. I got one point on the oh, Cavs okay, go ahead, I, got, I got to make here. And I said on the postgame show mm-hmm. last night, and I agree with Jason, it's going to take a little time for Garland and Mitchell to play off each other. Sure. It almost mirrors our show 
go back to our first discussion, and G. Bush couldn't figure out when to hop in a discussion when Bull and Jay were going back and forth. Sure. Bull couldn't figure out when to lay out and let G finish a thought. But fast forward <laughs> 113 shows, and now they have the chemistry to know when to hop in, when to yeah. let it go. Any any pairing of elite talents like we've assembled here or That's like true. Darius Scarlett and Donovan Mitchell – it's not going to be perfect cohesion at first, but when you see the talent, you can see the future. Yeah. And the future of those two when they figure out how to play together is damn scary for the rest of the NBA. I, I, the, the, my, I, as I said, my concern is the lack of a pure shooter. In the fourth quarter, so if you look at what was the difference in the game, because it went back and forth, and then the Cavs established a nice lead at halftime and had an eight-point lead going into the third, so they clearly lost it in the fourth. The, the Raptors were just burying three-pointers. And right. that's how you eliminate an eight-point lead in two minutes. I don't know, are, are we equipped to do that with, with the roster that we have? I don't know. I think so. I hope so. I think so. I hope so. Well, let's see well, how Chad it plays out. yesterday, but I know you don't like him. I'm not a, I'm, he's a great guy. He's a yeah. great guy. I don't know if I want him on the floor with the game on the line. No, I don't. I want Kevin Love out there. Well, you're going to need your three-point shooter, whoever, that, whoever emerges to be the shooter is going to need to be on the floor a lot in crunch time. Yeah. In games when you're down more than one or two possessions, you need that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe... It's a, that's the way the league is constructed now. Yeah, for Jason, sure. Jason, do you believe that the that they haven't... Because Joe suggested this this morning, that they that they maybe haven't gone in the, for the final pieces, whether it's Jay Crowder, whether it's a, just a shooter, spot-up shooter, that because they don't think Mobley's quite there yet, no, they're in. They want to wait one more year before they go over the luxury no. tax and stuff well, like that. Well, I think they want. They do want to wait, yeah. and they're really positioned well with the luxury tax. And it's listen. I've been as hard on Dan as anybody in town, but he will spend. It's not a matter yes, of Dan no doesn't want to spend. Right. It's a matter of starting the repeat offender clock right. because this team is really young, and that repeat offender is no joke. Like Joe Lacob in Golden State is probably the owner only in, only owner in the league who could pull this off as long as the Warriors have. Yeah. Even Dan kind of flips And they're a facing bit. issues. And they are, big Big time. issues. Yeah, they're probably going to lose Draymond Green. Yes. But but even Dan flinched when it became to the repeat offender during the LeBron era. Well, it gets to be so punitive. It's unbelievable. So And, and it should it? be. Is it, it two to $1? Dollars? It's at, uh, at the highest point, I think it's approaching that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But I it's, it's, it's a lot. It's exorbitant. And... When you factor in, Mobley's going to get a max. Darius already is on a, on a super max, basically. Mobley's going to get one of those as well. Right. The, the contract Donovan has, uh, you know, Jared Allen's $20 million a year. So once, you, once that repeat offender clock hits, that's when you start missing pieces. So you want to stay so out of that territory as long as yes, you can. Right. Yes, you want to kick the can down the road on the luxury tax, the, the initial luxury tax, because that's gonna that's coming a few yeah. years later. It's days like these where I'm and discussions like this where I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> it's because I you know the nuances and the ins and outs of those yeah. things. Yeah, way more than the average fan. I think way more than all of us. But and I, it's, it's good for for context. But I think going back to what you were asking originally, I think they want to see what they have. Right. They don't know and get that playoff experience. I mean, which they they, don't really they, have. they lost. Larry Markinen, which I was not a huge Markinen fan as a three, but he was a good shooter. He was a key yep. piece of that team. So you remove that. Abaji, which they never really saw, but he was a, he was the shooter way, you're talking about. Did he even play last night? I didn't look. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he played. Well, I mean, not that proves he was anything. a low lottery pick. Yeah. Uh, Colin wasn't really a factor last year because he was hurt. But I think that they want to see what they have. Makes sense. They want to see how Donovan yeah. fits. And that's going to take a while. And it will take a little while. Yeah. But And plus, they don't have any assets. Like, they have nothing left to trade, really. They went, yeah, right. they yep. went all in on Donovan, and rightfully so. So, I think that they just want to take a look and see what they have. That's a good point. What do they have? They have nothing. nothing. Do they have anything to nothing. trade? Nothing. Very, very little. But you're not allowed to complain about that, Paul. No, I'm not complaining. <laughs> because you were the one that was saying, I don't care about draft picks. Come on. No. Come on. They, tr- they used it all for Mitchell. It was smart. No, it was smart. I, w- I would have done the same thing. Yes. But there comes a time when, and, and I think the Browns, as we pivot to the Browns, are kind of in that space already. The Browns are looking at their draft ca- uh, capital moving forward, and it's going to be very difficult to get well, top-notch they, great talent they don't out of have the draft. ones. But they have that, a well, lot that's of where, other but, picks. But that's where the surefire guys sure, are. Well, there yeah, are even misses in the ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, now, now, that doesn't mean you can't go in and get stars in the six and sevens, mm-hmm. but top five. they haven't done that, really. Well, once you're again, well, they haven't. Uh, well, yeah, no, they haven't. And they haven't 
consistently for a decade. No. I mean, they really haven't gotten now, a lot of Now, if you're the Ravens or if you're some of these organizations who, yeah. the Patriots, you find unhidden, you know, these hidden gems in the five, six, and sevens, yeah. you can move your ones and twos with confidence. But the Patriots haven't done that as well in no, recent not, years. No, not lately. They have not. That's and that's why point. they've gone downhill, and that's part of the reason Brady be, wanted to leave. Before, You've got to hit on the middle rounds. Yes. You have we, to. Before we hit the Browns, I, Jason, yeah. were you a little – Apprehensive. Isaac Okora didn't score yesterday. He was he was yeah. a non-factor. I know. That was played twelve minutes. And I I mean I said on this I was show. By that, yeah. I said on the show weeks ago. I thought he was the starting three. That's kind of the message yeah. I got from the organization. Right. Was he was going to be the starting three. I think Karras is overkill. I was going to save this for when we came back to the Cavs. <laughs> yeah. I think Karras is a little bit overkill. I think they need him coming off the bench. Yeah. Okoro gave Okoro gave him nothing. I know. Nothing. Yeah. So that's if if he could just be enough of a threat of a three-point shooter to that's, tell him, go stand over there and, and wait. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's all they need him to do. Defend your butt off and then go stand over there and wait for the ball. If he could just do that, he would be such an important piece of Karras, this team. Karras yeah, I, I was playmaking yesterday, huh? He, that's there were, he, he had moments. He's healthy. He's he healthy. Had yeah, he looked good. But I think him and Kevin Love running the second unit yeah. and you're cooked. And when you bring Rubio back, and mm. I, would, I would temper expectations on Rubio. Just coming off the such yeah. a December, severe January. Injury. What do we think? January, probably yeah. January. But would you, Rubio? When you say tempering expectations, do you mean on on the timing of his return? No, or I what mean we get from him when he comes back. What you back? get from him when he comes really? back? Yeah, I think even even I've had people at Cavs say, "Listen, this is a really traumatic knee injury. ACL is normally it's year two when you see a full recovery." Because everyone saw Ricky just cooking guys last year, yeah. And you think, well, he's going to come back and be that guy again. I'm probably not sure not. that's the case, but. If when you have even just him being on the floor, he meant so much to this team last year. Yeah. If you have Rubio, Karras, and Kevin Love as your second unit, that's an incredible right. second unit. So they just need to find that piece that allows them to move Karras onto the bench because right. I, I think right. he fits this team best yeah. coming off the bench. Right. Okay, let's pivot to the uh, the Browns. We're going to get to the matchup uh, in just a little bit, but we wanted to start with sort of putting Andrew Barry under the microscope because that's kind of come up this week and, and last week about how this team is constructed. Where are the linebackers? Where are the defensive tackles? Have they spent their draft capital properly? And it really got us to thinking, like, what is his grade three years in? And I know it's very difficult to grade graph, draft classes six games in. Um, you'd be making a huge mistake if you, if you said definitively that a guy's a bust or a star because we've seen that that just never pans out. But when I, I, I've got all of his draft picks since he's been leading the draft for the Browns. And I can blast through the names. In 20, Jed Wills, Grant Delpit, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris, and DPJ. Um, now, that, this is three years out. So, it's, it's, we're, I think, in a better position to grade now's these the, guys. Now's the time to this grade these guys. This is the time. That's, and, and oddly enough, that's when they're going to get their second contracts. So, when you look at these guys... Where's the star? And by the way, I would say Jed Wills at the top was a miss. I don't know if he's. I a don't miss. look at him as a miss. I look at him as. Uh, eh. I mean, he's de- He wasn't. You know, eh. he, he's consistently grading out as the lowest graded offensive lineman, and none On of those the Browns. Other, I believe so. Yeah, the but weeks I mean, that I looked, but I was, they're all getting good grades. So I don't know. They are the lowest. Where does he rank in the NFL? I'm on. I'll tell you guys momentarily. I don't see him. I see him as an if average you have to player. Ask, though, here's, the, here's my thing on that. If you have yeah. to ask, is this guy a star? He's not. Well, well he's not a, nobody's saying he's a star. He's, not, he's, not, a first round he's, he's not Joe Thomas. Like, not, we can all not, agree on But I don't no. think he's a bust either. And I that's not fair to aver- compare him to Joe Thomas. I think he's an average player. He's serviceable. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not Your watching. first round pick can't be serviceable. But, but I'm not watching. Jedrick Willis, Jason, real quick. Yeah. According to PFF this year, is the 43rd ranked tackle out of 76 Okay, Great. guys, that's average. A, that's that, middle of the pack. But I'm, I, he can't be middle of the pack as a first round. James Hudson, for the comparison, is thirty fourth. But I'm not. Yes. Here's the thing. I'm wow. not. I'm not watching edge rushers come off the end and blowing up Jacoby Brissett because right. Will's no. No. missed his assignment. Right. And so, listen. I don't know how PFF grades guys, and I don't, especially when it comes to linemen and all that. I don't. I, either, I yeah. trust their eye. Find whatever you say. He's forty third. Whatever. Is he getting my quarterback killed? No. No. He's doing he's an not. adequate job. No, he's not a star. 
And so if you want to say that that, that, that draft pick is disappointing, who were the other taking him in the third round? You like Delpit? No, 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 no. The other tackles that the, went the, high. Okay, well, here's, here's Wirfs, the issue, the Jason. Real quick, here's the issue with that. Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, Wirfs was the guy that Andrew Thomas is the star from that. Yeah. A, a, well, Andrew Thomas, the number one graded offensive right, player. Right, but the, in the last NFL, two years he was terrible, tackle. and now this year he's been good yeah, for five Tristan, games. So he's first overall in PFF as for offensive tackle ratings right. go. Tristan Wirfs is third. Okay. Right. And then I'm trying, there was another tackle in that class. So, so clearly there right was now. a move that could have been made that was, was better. Class, Were those guys taken after him or before Wirfs, him? I don't Wirfs remember. Wirfs was taken after. Thomas, Thomas was before. Okay. Wirfs was after. after. And Makai yeah. Becton, who hasn't played this year. Becton hasn't been yeah. good. Yeah. No, he hasn't. So of the three tackles they could have gotten, at the moment he looks like the second of the three. So To me, I've always I'm thought. I'm fine with the pick. I've always thought he was a guard. I, he has To me, he he's better suited at guard. He played on the right side of Alabama. Um, his he he bends a lot at the waist. He's not a knee bender and pass protection, but he's pretty strong. So I, he do, he doesn't get blown by or anything. He's just eh, he's a tackle. I just I just want my, I want to be excited about the first round draft pick of any draft. I want him to be a major contributor. I don't right. want to worry about that person. But he is a major contributor. He's a starter on a left he, tackle. He's a starter, but if he's ranked forty. Yeah, but that's just Whatever. based on six games. What was he ranked last year? Well, I, I'm going to give him. Was he ranked I'm going to give him before? the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think when he, I, th- I thought he was better before the ankle injury. I thought as a rookie, and he I'm was wondering, is that thing even? I mean, you know how much your lower extremities come yeah. into play for linemen. That stuff don't heal. Ankle, I think it, it never. I think he's an adequate pick. I, I think the other picks in that draft. I mean, I think to say Harrison Bryant's a miss. He was a fourth round pick. He's been a decent player. Grant Delpit. I, Second no, runner? that's that looks like a loss. That Jordan like Elliott. A, no, the other three picks on that list. Bring that that graphic back up, guys. Can Those you other that three up? guys all the are twenty draft, but not Harold. Well, Delp, Delpit's having a horrible year. He's and, having an awful year. Good last year. I, that's looking like a bad pick. It's looking like a bad pick. Elliott I'm, I'm not ready. Like to, bad I'm not ready to write Delpit off. There's so much athleticism in there. He's made oh, yeah, so you've got to give more time. But as a, at the moment, he looks like a bad pick. Yep. The third-round so, picks are bad picks. I think we, the Harrison Bryan pick is not a miss. I think that's yeah. a decent pick. What if you gave Fourth an round. overall grade to this draft? Well, what's the rest of the draft? you got the rest okay, of the draft? Okay, so Jed Wills led the draft. After, yeah. So after the names you see there, Nick Harris, who is, is going to be fine when he's healthy. But I think that's an incomplete. I think, I think I mean, it's incomplete now. We don't yeah, know. And I, D, DPJ... That's because, a win. Because he was taken where he was, C. sixth or seventh round. That's a great pick. That's, that's, a, a, G. that's, that's a C. That's a C plus draft. I agree I, with you. I disagree. I think it's a B minus. See, you right. oh, B minus. Okay, B so minus. Okay, two percent is bad. Where are you about? Nah, but B minus means good. You see, B that's hey, good. If Bull wants to be an easy grader and he wants to go soft on these guys. <laughs> that's Wait fine. a second. No, that's fine. Wait a this second. This is the kinder, gentler Bull. Yes, I don't know what happened to him. He's reimagined. He got kidnapped. Where's the real Bull? He went to Seattle. Here's what I think. Now, a lot of this depends on how good Jedrick Wills ends up being over the, you know, look, and we're, also we're doing Nick this Harris, three years in. So we don't know. I You're think right. Nick Harris is going to be really good. And I think he can be. And I, I think yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones for a sixth round pick is that's a win. Listen, right if there. Nick Harris winds up starting for 10 years for the Browns at center, this is a win. He might not get it. He might not get his position back at this point. Let's no, I know he's right. good. And we'll call it a B minus minus. I mean, so if you want to. It's so not like Hulu plus plus plus. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. That is, that is exactly. A, I mean, there were three of us here that had C. I had solid C, not C plus. Two All right, let's C. go C plus. Two, because when I'm looking at those. Seven. When I'm looking at the. Here, here's one way to do it. Yeah. A GM told me this. Are other guys wanting to poach players from my draft class? Right. Who does another team want to poach from this draft? DPJ. Maybe. DPJ. Maybe. Uh, There's plenty of teams with bad offensive lines that would like to have Jedrick Wills. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Again, not great, and right. not oh, when you look back. Yeah, was he was he worth the tenth pick in the draft? No. See, I still think we got to go C. Uh, let's go C plus. Let's, let's C, plus C plus is fair. C plus. Uh, we C have plus. officially so we gave the twenty twenty class, and that's the C class plus. that we know the most about. Yes, yes. they're the furthest in. Twenty twenty one, Greg Newsom. <laughs> Jok. Well, Greg, in fairness, no. Greg Newsom was excellent last year as a rookie. But I don't know what He's happened to that He's off to guy. a bad start this year. I don't know what happened to that JOK's guy. JOK's been a disaster. JOK. Anthony Schwartz. Disaster. That's James disaster. Hudson. Hudson's played well hit. when had an opportunity. Big hit. Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, the star of this draft. Yeah. Tommy Togiai. Awful. Tony Fields. Awful. Who? Richard LeCount. Just got, just got cut. Just got Demetric cut from the practice Felton. Felton. Don't know where you're at. got the big at. name. Or about to be cut from the yeah. practice team. So, Anthony Schwartz. No, I said no, Schwartz. Said oh, I said Schwartz, Schwartz after yeah, yeah. JOK. You just dropped it. So, I mean, 
Get it? So yeah. I love one good, of those <laughs> picks. That, that was good. I, I dropped the ball on that one. Sorry, Jay. I love one of those. And I don't love Greg Newsom right now because if he was awful last year but great this year, I'd say, good, we're trending right. in the right direction. But it's only six games. You know, Understandable. You know, if we had had this conversation about this draft at the beginning of the year, it would have been a higher grade because we felt good about Newsom and JOK I coming felt into great the about those two coming right? in. Right, and now you're But like, they've been so bad yes. this year. I still I've think, forgotten how good they were last year. I still think if you put a better – linebacker next to JOK, you're going to get a better version of JOK. I know, I but we don't have that. that. I, I know. I, I, I think if you gave him a better coach, you would know what to do. Maybe you'd read his keys. Who of these guys are other GMs thinking about calling Andrew Barry for? Oh, I definitely think no. a smart team no. could use JOK no, creatively. No, hold on. With a good defensive no, no, With a different position they, and a good They would take yes. both of them. They would, but and Newsom and, and Hudson. For okay. me, guys. For me, Hudson, for me Newsom is, is tricky because when I look at you and they say, okay, we're going to move you to the slot. I'm thinking, but he's a first-round pick, though. I don't know how much you draft a slot corner. I know people move the guys in the slot. But when Emerson came in, he's just on – he's out in the, in the, playing on the boundary. Yep. I said, well, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how you can spend a first-round draft pick on a, on a slot corner. But he slot corners not going to play that much. I mean, they will, but – they're not going to be getting the top flight guys. They're not going to be getting. It's like the starting pitcher that becomes a reliever. Yeah, it's like, okay, if you're a dominant reliever, okay. But if you just, you know, all depends on how many opportunities you get to come out the bullpen. So for me, Newsom, he's not bad or anything. <clears throat> but I will say he hasn't shown that level of prowess that he did that first year because he was all over the place. He so would, he would be what are hitting. our grades? Mm. I'll say a C minus. Guys, mm. I would say C. Okay, I'd give him a solid C. JOK says, "Show me something." I feel like he could get back to that. Um, I go with a C. I go yeah, with a C. I'm going solid C it, too. In terms of you, guys, now I'm the one giving the hardest grade. I know you are. What <laughs> the hell happened, Paul? I don't know. Just because you know, right now, because this unknown with the first two picks, they haven't played well. I think there's potential, but they haven't played well to this point this year. I think GMs would call about Greg Newsom, JOK, Hudson. Yes. And clearly no one's called about Demetric Felton or else he wouldn't still be here. Yeah. And Richard LeCount, inactive. who's gone. LeCount's gone. And the Schwartz pick was particular. Tony Fields. That Tom pick Schwartz, was so bad. Schwartz, Schwartz, has been, what is he rating, like useless. 17, 18 yeah, is useless. his BFF grade? Yeah, he's, you know, the guys in the fifth, sixth round, if they don't hit, okay. But a third and fourth pick are not a waste. You know what? You're right for the most part. But yeah. every once in a while, you need a right. major contributor that comes from the five, six, seven. And, and it looks like they're going to get that with Donovan Peoples-Jones. They are getting that. They are you from, know? So that's from that why, draft. So, but, but but from this draft, they don't have anybody. All right, I mean, so we've given uh, him a C plus and a C. Yes, I think this year's draft is incomplete. No, I mean, the, but let's look at it for fun. Okay, let's, because we. Yeah, I know it's incomplete and it's really unfair. And I, I'm sitting here looking. J Jacob Phillips is a third rounder and Togi is a fourth rounder. We say they that have, hurts, but we say they that haven't hurts. addressed the defensive tackles. They have. They just missed. Yep, they, they missed guys. on both those picks. You're those are absolutely right. Those and they are, drafted Perrion Winfrey this year. In the so let's, round. let's talk about this year's draft. Yeah, Martin Emerson. Remember, they didn't have a first or second round pick because exactly. of the trade. Martin Emerson in the third round for me is an A plus pick. Yeah. Oh yeah. The so third far, round early. Yeah. But he's he's long. He's physical. He starts. He's not afraid to take the teams, the other team's best receiver. He can tackle. He can tackle, which has been beneficial because this yeah. is tackle football. He's been their best and, DB. And remember, they passed on a lot of guys in that second round. I know round they did. I to know trade they did. down and, and get Emerson and their kicker. And that makes That's it true. Right. So can, Alex Wright has been um, terrible so I, far. So far, it's. I mean, I know it's early. David Bell. David hasn't Bell played. is he still with us? He hasn't played, but I mean, he's what, had a couple of catches. What's concerning about Bell? I still think it's way too early on him. I still think he can make an impact on the second half of the season. He's a third-round pick. By no, guys. it's early. There it's, was it's early on all these guys. Round. There was 15 yeah. receivers taken in front of him. Right. But if they miss on Schwartz and Bell, that's two third-round picks taken at receiver that they whiffed on. Then you start questioning what are they looking for in receivers. Right. They tried the speed guy, didn't work. If they try the hands guy, and that doesn't work. What are they doing? Oh, yeah. well, they did but hit on Donovan Peoples-Jones. They did. They did. It's but defensive tackle, they've taken a defensive they're, tackle in the third or fourth round three years in a row. Perry on Winfrey. And they all look bad. Like, so far, so far Perry on Winfrey's highlight was draft day. Mm -hmm. When he FaceTimed and said right. everything. All gas, that no guy. breaks. And, and, and since then? And getting kicked out of practice. And Cade York. Is, he's had some issues. He was yeah. inactive for a game. Cade York, Cade York I Good. think, is a huge hit. I think that I they addressed a need, and they did it with a guy that's going to be here for a long time. Yep. 
Jerome Ford loved him in the preseason. He's not playing. I don't can't get on the field. Well, yeah. but I don't so, think. I don't know that that's because he's not. The, I mean, they, how are they supposed to play him? Right. We're well, complaining. Then, about, we're complaining about not enough touches for Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. No. They, you exactly. Know. What What I would question is, yeah. if you already knew you were super strong at that position, and they did, because they've got Deirdre Johnson, who also can't get on the field. Right. Why not? Take another shot at an area of real need. Well, I running say, back is not an area of need. Because, no, but, but they're going to let Kareem Hunt go at the end. Okay, of the Okay, then year, draft so. the guy next year. No, but that's incredible value in the fifth round. If you've got if a guy sitting up being there, good. right? Like they're yeah. looking at that as a value pick of. I can't believe this guy's still here in the fifth round. Sort of like DPJ in the sixth round, really. Right. Let's just yeah. take Ford now. We don't need him now. Best available athlete. Yeah, but scenario. we know we're moving on from Kareem Hunt. All we right. can plug Jer- Jerome Ford. Now, I have no problem. I with loved that him in the preseason. I would love to right. see what he could do in a regular season game getting 20 carries. And I think we'll see him, you know, if somebody gets hurt, and certainly by next year. And frankly, if the Browns lose their next two games, they should trade Kareem Hunt. If they're not going to sign him, if they lose their next two games, they should trade Kareem Hunt yeah. and then give more playing time and to And get Ford. some draft capital back. Yeah, and get some draft capital. Michael Woods, what do we think about Michael Woods? Has he played? I don't no, know. I haven't I seen him. To think of him. They, I, haven't seen him. They loved him in camp. I know. We heard he all was, kinds he of good things about him. He was doing him. his thing, and then he got, to, I he mean, got well, a hamstring, and we hard. haven't seen him. Late-round rookies rarely make an impact in the first six weeks. Some get cut. Yeah, right. So, I, I mean, over. I, it's really hard to grade the current draft. I know. It's like asking to, you know, to grade a baseball player after three innings. You know, right. you don't know. Isaiah of Thomas? The, of the guys who have played a lot. We've seen him. Of the guys who have played a lot, York's been good. Emerson's been great. And the other guys mostly haven't played besides Winfrey and Wright. Dawson Deaton is the other is the other. Yeah, name. yeah, yeah. So, I, what do you guys feel comfortable grading this year's draft class at with, with the caveat that this is wildly incomplete? But if you had to, what would you throw at this one? B minus. I was going to say B minus I'm, too. I'm B minus yeah. as well. I'd, I was going to say B. Because Solid of Cade B. York right. and Martin Emerson. York and Emerson. Maybe York and Emerson. Like if you get two hits out of a draft where you don't have a first and second round pick, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's doing pretty yeah, well. Yeah. But by the end of the, by end, end of the year, I could see myself saying B plus if York and Emerson keep playing like the way they are. Because all I want to do, if you get two starters, and they third and fourth round picks, you take that, you like, whoa, I got two starters out of this draft. One we needed with a kicker. The other one is, is a cornerback position, which is very um, pivotal in the league. You, you definitely take that. I'd say B plus. I mean, so overall, thing. you'd say that that Andrew Berry's been a C, B minus, C plus draft drafter. Yeah. Right. I want to you know? add, add one thing. Which is better than most of the GMs the Browns have had, sadly. That is true. Not I, I want to add one thing that points a question to you guys. I do think it does matter the value of where you're picking. You get two stars in the third round. Obviously, those get boosted. You have a guy like Wills who is competent but not a star at 10. I think it hits you a little more negatively. We do have a question, though, from Damian Frederick. He wants to know, where's the line between bad picks and bad coaching and development? Serious question. I'm not sure where to draw the line to differentiate the two. Wow. And you look at big some of the guys time. in last year's Great class, question. you have Newsom and Joker, who we thought would take big steps forward this year, and we have not seen that. So where does, where does the blame on their lack of development fall? It's hard to know. And if that teams don't know, that's why they give up on guys too soon. Right. Yeah, well, look right. at that's, Austin Corbett. That's why Austin Corbett yep. blossoms and then why uh, Wyatt Teller comes here and blossoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. if well, I, wonder, gonna, I wonder, though, if, if Corbett was here under Callahan, how many years was there crossover? Was there any crossover there? I don't think I there think was. I think he was traded right before Callahan. And, and so I wonder, like, what, what could a guy with, like Bill Callahan do yeah. with Austin Corbett, who clearly had the ability to right. be a star in this league? It never league. really gave him much of a chance. Well, he didn't look good he when he was here. He did look good. And no, I wonder, I is that the coaching? Are, are, you know, can we look at the offensive line and the development of the offensive line since Bill Callahan got here? When I see that, then I, here's my question. If he can do it in that group, why can't other coaches do it in their groups? But it's also up to the players, and sometimes players just develop. You know this. Players yeah. develop at different speeds. Yeah, but look at what he's done at center here. Like, we were like, we're done. This team is This guy, Pochich, was awful. We Seattle. didn't know who he was well, or what he I, could I, bring. Callahan is probably the best line coach right, in not the every NFL. I think, coach. I think he's the best position coach in the NFL. Pro, like, I'm not going to argue that. One of the best and I mean, certainly the best think, on this Think team. about it. They got a guy, Hudson, that's sitting on the bench that's rated higher than their left tackle. Yeah. That's crazy. Hudson doesn't start. And yeah. then it, it, so, I look at it like, like well, this. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's a difference between coaching and development, right? But – when you look at really good teams, they seem to have the knack to develop them. Like, think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers are a receiver. 
They just they they're not gonna pay a receiver. You get Mike Wallace, then they leave off for Mike Wallace, then they go get Antonio Brown. They said we're not gonna pay Antonio Brown. They find Deontay Johnson, or they find these guys that they can substitute. And by the way, the Chiefs, the Chiefs Mike did the Wallace did nothing anywhere else. Yep. And Juju Smith-Schuster just a guy. Just yeah. a guy. So you, know. you, you look at it, it, a lot of it has to do with the system. I look at even our secondary. Um, the Ravens and, and the Steelers in this division have had ball-hawking, playmaking safeties, right? That's why they went the out Bengals and got Mink. Bengals do too now with yep. Von Bell. Minka Fitzpatrick, they yeah. went out and, and traded for him. And the Browns don't seem to have that same level of How many of interceptions do the Browns have this year? Oh, one, two. They are, we'll pull up in a second. I think they're last in the league. Nah, they have Ward, five takeaways on a season that's tied for third to yeah. last in the NFL. They do not force turnovers. Yeah. By the way, we do have another position coach that deserves recognition, and that's Stump Mitchell, the running backs. Coach. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's easy to say Nick Chubb's a great talent. Well, there's a lot of great talents out of college that don't pan out in the NFL at that position. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah. Stump, uh, he, he played with Sony Michelle in college. And, and well, showing himself just a guy. In the Michelle NFL. was drafted higher than Chubb. Exactly. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and, and, and he's look just at a the guy. Yeah, it's, it's stunning. And, and so, and Stump Mitchell, wherever he's been as a running back coach, the running backs have had great years. David Johnson had his best year with him in Arizona, on and on. But even last year, like, Dearness Johnson was an undrafted guy. They put him in last year. He looked like a superstar. And Coaching I, counts. And yeah. I will say, I'm, I've never had one conversation with Chad O'Shea, but I've heard a lot of good things about him as yeah. a receivers coach. And the uh, um, – uh, I, it's my neighbor. I forgot his name. The uh, the, the quarterbacks coach. Uh, I can't remember his Drew, name. Drew uh, Jeff Yakiwak. No, no, no. Petzing. Different guy. Pe- thank you, Drew Petzing. Yak's his neighbor. Oh, Petzing. Yeah. I don't I know how to know say that. his last name. I still don't know how to say Yak's last name. I, it's Yak. <laughs> yeah, I've worked with him for three years. I don't even call him Jeff. It's Yak. Uh, Petzing, I think, will probably be an offensive coordinator somewhere else next year. Oh, really? So they do have some pretty good minds on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. It's um, the defense. It's the defense that I don't. Yeah, I we're can't even right. name any of their position coaches on defense. I can't think of any. No, two interceptions on the year. two picks. Delpit so and, and Delpit Ward. had to pick on the bad throw by Baker, yep. and Ward had to pick against uh, Atlanta because that's the style of defense you play. But you know you... what? You, that's never going to get it done. No, nope. it's not because the most important stat in the NFL is plus minus. But we talk all the time about how turnovers. Turnovers are fluky year to year, and and some of it. Some they of are. It, you, some of them. Every team coaches. But, but I also get the think ball. Jason that some teams force their own turnovers. They do, but turn. When you put pressure on the quarterback, when you bring blitz, they, the fact that they have two interceptions to me is one of the biggest indictments of this defense uh, that you can write. Yeah, you need yeah, a higher yeah, number, it. especially when you got Denzel Ward out there. Yeah. You know, you'd think he'd have two or three by himself by this point. I mean, by the way, speaking of Denzel Ward, real quick, let's give grades for John Dorsey's two drafts. And I'll give you the yeah, drafts and real quick what we think. 20, 20, his first draft was 2018. Took Baker Mayfield first overall, Denzel Ward fourth overall. Austin Corbett, 33, but then traded him away. Nick Chubb, 35. The rest of that draft, the guys are all useless. Chad Thomas, Antonio Callaway, Jannard Avery, Damian Ratley, Antonio Simeon Callaway. Thomas. Antonio Never should have been drafted. Wow. Antonio Callaway, what a Busted name. with weed in his what car are we, coming What do we grade that draft? You have two al- allegedly elite players at their individual positions. Yeah, just because Chubb and Ward are in there. But, and I'm a lot, on, but if, we're, if we're knocking one, down Greg Newsom for having a bad start, we got to do the same with Ward for a bad start. Yeah, but I, Even though I, Ward has a longer track I've record. seen more from Ward. Yes. Yeah. That is know. such a difficult draft to grade because, because you, whiff on the number one pick. you whiff on the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. You hit on four. It's four. You better hit on four. But right. they hit on four. You right. get credit for that. Chubb obviously is a massive home run where you take him in the, in the second, second round. round. Huge home run. Could have been a good pick, but he was, he traded him. Dorsey traded him away. He's, he was a good player. He's still like, that's well, such a difficult. It's hard. You know what, though? When, when, when Corbett was here, it was pretty clear this guy is over his skis. And, you know, when Joe, we had Joe Thomas on a couple of months ago, and Joe, we, he wasn't talking specifically about Corbett, but in a general sense he was. He was talking about players – it particularly at the offensive line where it's really tough to grade them early on. And with that in mind, we should kind of keep true to that with Jed yeah. Wills. But he said, some guys just take time in the yeah. right, right, right. They just do. Yeah, and I think Austin Corbett, yeah. because he was drafted where he was and because we were seeing Joe Thomas's play here, we were looking at him saying, you can't miss on, on a first. He was the first pick of the second round, I, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And he, now he's ended up. I think he's got two Super Bowl rings with two yeah. different teams. He's a good player. And, and so, Mitchell Schwartz, his first half a season here, he struggled. 
and he became a great player. No, you're right. Great you're player. Right. See, uh, that is a tough draft to draft tough. a grade just because I can't give a draft that includes Ward and Chubb. I can't give it anything but a B. I can't give it a C. But he even missed, with the miss at Baker, right, I can't. Right. Because you know, because and, and, and people forget this. People and this tells you how things change year to year. Right. Baker still set the record for the most touchdowns yeah. by a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Right. He's still that guy. Yeah. But had, and so who was grading that draft after one year and looking at it's Baker? An a plus. And even after three years, when right. Baker it's finally still, took the team to the playoffs right. and won a game, who at that point was saying bust? Yeah. No, but even by the end of the third year, you would have much rather had Josh Allen. Oh, listen, yeah. <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Right. That and is a, lot a of, no-brainer. Other teams got that wrong, too. But a lot of I, I give it a B-minus. I give it a B. I'll go with whatever you guys say. Yeah. I I mean, I'm good with a B. I mean, because Chubb is the, he's the, he's the best running back in the league. Now, can you help me with this? Because we've been talking about this on the show, so we've been getting a lot of run on Twitter with this. People have been saying, oh, it's clearly, it's clearly Barry that's had the better drafts. Or, you know, it's it's clearly Dorsey. And a lot of people were hitting me up saying, well, now let's just take a look at what Dorsey did in Kansas City. What does that matter? He Well, was he even the trigger man no, on those Reed drafts? Was, I think Andy Reid was. I, I don't know. Oh, the well, Patrick no. Mahomes thing, when especially. You, Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, he drafted a ton of talent in Kansas City that has put them at the top of the NFL right. cycle right now. How – I don't even know if you know the answer to this because – a lot of teams don't pull back the curtain for us to see that. Was Dorsey the guy that was running those drafts? Here? In Kansas, Kansas City. City. I have no idea. Yes, I think he I probably either. deferred to Andy on of Mahomes for, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. The world may But why have would no he idea. have left Kansas City if he had the power to, you know? Well, like, he and Andy had a falling out. And and I think, like, John had a, ma- a reputation of mismanaging the cap and yes, going through cap yeah. money right, and right, stuff right. like that. Not so. worrying about the cap. Right. Well, and right. So you could argue that of the last five years, that that's the best draft that year, even though he missed on Baker. He yeah. also had the worst draft of the last five years. Now, in fairness, he didn't have a first-round pick. Oh, the 19 but 2019, terrible, terrible. Greedy Williams, Taki Taki, Red Wine, Mac uh, Wilson, Austin Seibert, Drew Forbes, and Donnie Lewis. By the way, for what it's worth, we uh, let's let's throw this on Andrew Barry too. Yeah, he traded Mac Wilson, who's not a star, but if we could do that trade over again, Mac Wilson for Chase Winovich. Chase is mm. on a milk carton, too. But I know Matt, he's better like hurt. I saw him yesterday. Good. I saw him in the locker room yesterday. So he is still with, yes, with the He's with nothing, the but so is Mac Wilson. No, I Mac mean. Wilson, I, he wasn't a star, but he made some plays against the Browns on Sunday. And and it's more yeah. than what we've gotten out of Chase Winovich. That draft you just that mentioned is an F. F. Yeah, that one's a that yeah. was horrible. That's what it was. I've is there heard. any? I mean, I know Taki Taki. Two guys still left on the team, Greedy but Taki Taki and Greedy are like Taki, Taki. hanging on by fingernails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it feels like. I mean, Taki Taki's <laughs> a okay backup linebacker, <laughs> special teams guy. But where special he was drafted, guy. he wasn't right. He was a third remember the round excitement pick? too on Mac Wilson in his first preseason. Oh, he had a pick six. He had a I think two interceptions. Yep, a pick six, and we were like. We got one. I know. We got, we got, we got one. Greedy Williams one of them dudes. Awful. Greedy no. second round pick. What happened to Greedy Williams? Injuries. Injuries. So, he can't yeah. stay healthy. You know, they both had their hits and misses. Obviously, Nick Chubb of the last five years was the best draft pick. Without uh, question. By, by anybody. But, uh, you know, and and I ultimately, like. But you're, gonna, you, you're okay yeah. with Dorsey not being here and Andrew Barry. I am, but I'm not like. We did the show together the day yeah. he was fired. Do you remember that? Yes. It was like New Year's Eve, I think. Yes, it yes, was yes, real, yes, yes. It was before he got fired. Well, the day Dorsey got fired, right. I was filling in for for Dustin, right. and I was sitting in with Bull. Oh, yeah. okay. So he and I did the show together yeah. on. And on, what what was the were general? Angry. Oh, we were both furious. Yeah, you're right. At the yeah, time, I was too. At yeah. the time, because at the time you felt good about Baker, or at least okay about. Now you got to lump into his body of work. The Freddy terrible Kitchens. decision he made to make Freddie Kitchens the head yeah. coach. Awful. Now I know he yeah. had a hunch, and we all love we love Freddie. Lo- in the beginning, so, like, so, okay, and we're the same coach. Don't, don't put out me with, in that boat. Don't put him. You never bought never, into the hype, never, because you well, were in you the big exception. The inside stuff more than the rest of us. Well, I, I've I've jumped out of the boat at the combine. When I started hearing stories that I can't even share. Yeah, after a, he right. was hired. Though. After he yes. was hired. So, so, but I'm just saying, on the surface, that move was it, very well received. Yeah, it wasn't Cleveland. crazy. Oh, and yeah. I didn't hear any critics. I didn't of think it. any of us like were. Th- it, 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 it was kind of like, well, okay, the team played well as him as OC. Let's see what I, we got. I can share this. I texted. I wrote about this. I texted Bill Parcells because Bill found him. 
Like the, he was the first one to hire Freddie. Yeah. And Bill talks to anybody. Like Bill will do a, interviews with anybody. And I texted Bill about Freddie if he would talk to me about Freddie. And he said, sorry, Jason, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my wow. God. Yeah, that's, that's a red flag. What have they just done? Because he didn't wow. want to say anything bad. He didn't well, want to say anything bad. One thing I wanted to bring up in this discussion, because yeah. I've always scratched my head on two things with this organization. Why? Now, it's changed recently because of Dorsey. But for the longest time, this organization did everything in its power to not take players from Ohio State. It's weird. It's bizarre, yeah. particularly when Pittsburgh has. Think of the guys Pittsburgh has taken from Ohio State. Cam that have Hayward, gone on to have Santonio 15 year All Pro careers. Yeah. yeah, I've never been able to figure that out ever, and I still can't. And the other thing that is mind-boggling to me: when was the last time this organization hired a head coach with previous experience? I'll wait. Mangini. Mangini. Yeah. Yeah. Romeo now, was before Mangini, right? No, Romeo, Romeo did Romeo, not have yeah, previous head coaching not, experience. No. He was in D.C. I think the answer to that off the top of my head is... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Chris, no, it's Mangini. Was it was, was Palmer? No, outside of Mangini. Oh, outside of so Mangini. So Mangini is what No, I don't did. think Chris Palmer had been a head coach before that. No. Marty Schottenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. I think. That Did I, Marty even have I'm head trying, coaching experience? I'm trying to remember. Who, no, they who, had, no, Marty, Marty went to San Diego after that. Yes, and he was with Kansas City after yep. that. Bud Carson was a no. I, and, and that's the other head scratcher that I've had. They, we've hired 20 head coaches in this you know, era of really Marty Schottenheimer and yeah. beyond. Why are we always going to the well of untapped water? Why? I mean, it's a mistake that this 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 organization has made. Yeah. Why have we never in our history gone out and made a play for that guy? I just the guy that we know makes a difference. Although Mangini wasn't good. But he wasn't that guy. Like, Did Hugh Jackson coach, head coach before? Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, Hugh Jackson. Interim. Hugh and, no, interim with the Raiders. And, no, he's been the head the coach of the Raiders. He, okay. It was one, one season, year and he went 8-8. Eight eight eight. Eight. And, and Hugh Jackson at the time, here. we all thought was a great choice. I didn't. Uh, okay, I, I had a lot did. of people telling me things that you're not going to like. You're not going to like what this guy. Yeah. Brings. Well, here's here's why. But other, do he that. was the one guy. Sorry, G. Real quick, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson was really the only guy the Browns have hired in like the last decade that other teams had interest in. Yeah. Right. So at least that wasn't great. Like because other, all these other, other coaches hired. had choices and never chose Cleveland. Right. All the right. All these other coaches. Nobody was looking at Chud. Nobody was looking at Freddie. Nobody. Right. Appeared to be looking at Stefanski either. But go ahead. People. Gene. People value the future of things of the unknown. Right. Yes. Yeah, sure. Right. Like if if I got a coach that I've already seen his track record, I've seen him lose. I've seen him win. You imagine in your head, well, if I could get my own coach, guess what? No, I want a known commodity. It's I just, just like, do. It's yeah. just like draft picks. Yeah. Draft. Would you rather trade a draft pick for somebody who is a proven talent? Give yes. me a free agent. Right. And then people be like, well, uh, the picks. That's why people go crazy when you trade your picks because they imagine in their head. They don't see the, the C, the B, the F, the D, the guy that's out of the league in two years. All they see is, wow, this could be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, right. So people just, they want their own thing. They can imagine he's going to be the next Tom Landry or, or Bill Parcells. Right. We've or tried Belichick. that. We've so, tried that for a very long time, and I'm ready to go out and although make how a many play. repeat coaches have success the second time around? Well, there's been a lot of coaches that have won division titles with more than one team. Mm. I mean, Andy Reid is the outlier for sure yeah. because um, what he did in Philadelphia, even though he never won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, he took the Eagles to a Super Bowl. So he for sure would be at the top of my list. But I, there are other guys that have had success at more actually, than one place. Actually, that's kind of – you can think of – you can even think of massive big-time coaches who went somewhere else and never Tony did Dungy. anything. Right? Right. Bill, Par- recently, Bill Parcells. But recently, like Jimmy most, Johnson. Mo- if you look at the top coaches in the league, right, some of, like all the these young guys that people love 
Like Sean McVay is a first-time coach. Brian Dable, everybody's excited about him. He's a first-time coach. Uh, what's his name? The Bills coach it was a first-time head coach. It's just about finding the right guy. I mean, is any? I know they're off to a good start, but is anybody excited about Mike Holmgren? Are Cowboys fans excited about Mike Holmgren being there? Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Mike Holmgren. Yeah. Mike Holmgren. Jeez. No, same guy. But, I, too. but yeah. to your point, I yeah. do think there's merit in guys learning from their mistakes. Sure. The first time around, and 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 guys that get fired because maybe they got a job too well, soon or it wasn't the right fit, or unfairly fired. Look or, at Jim Caldwell. If, How's that guy not a head coach? If yeah. you're going to go there to this undraft, unproven, well, well guys, you're going to be sick when I read you the names. I mean, we all know them, but we've forgotten some of these. Bud Carson obviously was just he was already on the staff. Jim Schaffner, Bill Belichick ran the best coach of all time out. Yep. This organization, while well, Art Modell got rid of Paul Brown and and Bill Belichick ownership. Ownership. Didn't ownership. Technically, ownership. the Ravens fire. Then we uh, got technically, but uh, it's Pelletier. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it was clear that it was the same. Yeah, group. it was, yeah, it was yeah. the same thing. But why? So, but why? By the way, that actually worked though. They won the Super Bowl like two years later. That's true. Yeah. Chris Palmer. They'd still rather have Belichick. And they probably won more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Palmer, Butch Davis, Terry Rubisky, Romeo Cornell, Eric Mangini, Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, Mike Patton, Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams. Freddie Kitchen, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, are they are wow. they are they all terrible? Or yeah, would some yes. of the, you know, or would some of them have had success I, with I, other. No. I think uh, with I better th- talent. I think Mike Pettin could have been a really good head coach, but I he do. hasn't been yet. I, I think he's scarred. I think he's had opportunities. I think he is too. I think he's got PTSD. <laughs> he from being PTSD. Cl- I think he's like you know what? That's I'm a, good where I'm you at. You know what? It's like an organization can ruin a young quarterback by drafting him and throwing him in there way too early. We've seen this organization do that countless times. Same thing can happen to they a head coach, and him they to get play. scarred from the outside too. Absolutely. They're like they damaged forced him to him. play Johnny Manziel. Yes. He was seven and five. I know with Brian Hoyer. I know Brian Hoyer is not a good quarterback. He's no. worse than Jacoby Brissett. But but here's the thing: we we knew that was coming. We what that he was going to be forced to start. Oh, oh, when when Johnny Manziel walked on that stage and did this, yeah. it was oh, he was already going to play. Yeah. And by the way, uh, in, in the t- all of those coaches that I've read, all yeah. of those coaches in that time, right? The Steelers have had three. <laughs> but longer than that, the Steelers have had three. Well, if you go back to Chuck Noll, all the way back to '69. Yeah. So you could go back to Forrest Gregg, even even before Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. You could go back to the the late '60s. Right. So it's to the point that I made earlier this week that that it, it is ownership. It really is ownership. Creating a culture that in, in that culture exists in New England, that culture exists in Pittsburgh, that culture exists in Kansas City. And now it does in Baltimore. In Green Bay, that culture exists in Baltimore. Then you have organizations like Cleveland and Detroit mm-hmm. and Jacksonville where the ownership can't get those spots right. Well, That's well, why on this, and I bring all of right. this up to just say this. I do think Kevin Stefanski, they, now whether they just ran into one, because if, if you swing blindly enough, you're going to hit. And I think that that's probably more than likely what this was. But I think they have the right coach. I just wish they would put a management team around him. And I'm not suggesting Andrew Barry isn't part of that. But when you have a relative of the owner in an extremely high and powerful position in the group, you have to ask yourself, is that really the best available person that we can put in that position? Right. Because if you're not, you're not serving your fan base well. One of the reasons, one of the big reasons Josh McDaniels is not the head coach of the Browns is because he walked into his interview and said, blow everybody out of the building. You have to get, you have to cleanse and he the was building. Right. Of course he was right. Well, we don't know if he's any good as that. Uh, I mean, but that's awful. No, but that point, but that point yeah. is a good he, point. He walked in there and told them, you need to blow the building out, yeah. sanitize the building and start completely but, but, over. But here, and here, they said, no, here's my thing about coaching, though. Of course they did. A lot of the coaches don't do. They don't get out of their own way. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, the, the owner has some different things to do. But these coaches in the first two to three years, don't ever learn from what the other coaches did. The first thing you do is if you come in somewhere, you need to understand I, if you ain't got a quarterback, you're going to get fired, bro. I don't care about how you put your regime in process because what's going to happen is you're going to lose games if you cannot. Really? That's what I've been screaming for weeks. There you go. That's why when they, they went and got Deshaun Watson, I was like, well, look, you say what you want about it. They said 
come hell or high water, we got we got to get a quarterback because he's going to get fired. And now if, people you know. still want to fire him, and he's here. He's just not available yet, and they're still trying to fire him. Yeah, they're, they're, that's part of the game. The part of the game is that three to five year program we kept telling people that no longer exists. Well, I think the that don't exist. The no whole more. Deshaun Watson thing bought time for Kevin Stefanski. Yes, it did. The one thing you can't do. Yes, it did. Is let go of the coach that took you to the playoffs before he ever gets to kick that, the tires on the quarterback. That's, that's, that's why Stefanski, to me, it was it's never even been a real question whether he gets fired. Right. It's I not even on the they table. Should, I think they, it would be wise for them to bring in a veteran defensive coordinator. I got a name for you. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. That's the name. You think yeah, so? What him. was their relationship? Did they have a good relationship in Minnesota? I would imagine they did. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how deep it is. Right. But and his defenses weren't well, great. Wouldn't that the last be odd though? Years. Because now Stefanski would be his. Boss. Yeah, I don't think. I, I don't know Mike at all. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But some guys but that always have egos great and they just can't. He's always been a great right. DC wherever he's been. Yeah, no. Two, two wonderful. names: Mike Zimmer and Brian Flores are the two guys that. Where I is Zimmer right now? He just, golfing. Yeah, because he, he, he got really? fired at the end of last year. By no, I know, but I didn't know if anybody, because a lot of te- a lot of guys work as consultants. Right, I don't uh, know. He's probably taking a paycheck back, still from Minnesota. So and, and he may not want to do, he may not, he may think that's beneath him now. I have no idea. But nice, that was actually a name that was floated to me. They got from, some yeah, nice parts. Outside, outside the organization. They got some nice pieces, Jason. <laughs> About, you know, well, they do. But that was the name that was floated to, to me. That. Was, hey, you know, if anything happens And by the way, he could be available tomorrow. He could, but it would be really wonky to bring a guy in midseason. But no, I, I said earlier it's kind of like waving the white flag on the season. Yeah. But in a way, if we're thinking about next year anyway, because of Sean, he gets half a year to evaluate them in person. Sometimes you got a be little un- bit of runway could be good. Yeah. You yeah. got to be unconventional sometimes, right? Bill Belichick is—they is, is, love Bill Belichick because he does things other people don't do, right? Like Hire his own son to be offensive coordinator. All that they just do a it, he, and it just yeah. ro- it rolls, right? Because it's Bill role. being Bill. We've been screaming for weeks. They need some nasty on on the defense, and they need. Where's that they, leader? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Mike Zimmer is the red ass. He is nasty. nasty. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, and, and that's why if it's not going to be one of the players. It damn well better be yeah. the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And somebody's got to be angry. You know, Tom Brady took a lot of flack. I don't know if you watch what Jason Kelsey does a podcast every week with his brother Travis. It's pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. He made some comments about Tom Brady saying, get the F out of my face with that. You know, like that's what he would say. Now, he yeah. wouldn't say that to Tom Brady because Tom Brady is the guy that can do that. But Brady took a lot of heat around the league for getting in the face of his offensive linemen and ripping them a new one during their loss to Pittsburgh. And I don't know where you guys are on that, but I'm all for that. It happens all the time. Yeah. Th- there's the legendary clip of Peyton Manning screaming at oh, Jeff Saturday. He was, him, snap the ball, Jeff. Shut up and snap <laughs> the ball. That's all you do. That's all you do. <laughs> and Rodgers was just screaming sun- Sunday, I think it was, the week before, about snap the effing ball. And those are the three guys, guys that have leash to do that. Yeah. Um, hey, even you- Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey was weighing in on what Jason said, because Jason said, there's no way my quarterback's talking to me like that. Unless my quarterback's Tom Brady. But other than that, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah. And and Travis was funny. Travis said, yeah, I'm not going to take that from my quarterback either. And his quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. Right. So if there's a guy that's on the cusp of having that right. that leeway, it would be Patrick. And I it's easy for was... these guys to say this behind a microphone. Yeah, exactly. If Mahomes chews him out on the field, what's Kelsey going to do? <laughs> not much. I, I, hey, you, yeah. he, Listen. He can, yeah. he, they go back and forth. Like, I mean, Travis can kick you. Kick, uh, okay, is he really going to do that? No. But I love that. I love holding guys accountable. Yes. And look, I don't know that any of them would have the guts to get up to Brady's face if he threw an ill-advised I would. pass. Yeah. But you better be able to take it if you're going to well, dish I, it out. Is he I would. That partly because Brady hasn't been that good this year. Like that, maybe. No, no, he no. Should be putting it on himself more. No, it was oh. the, the discussion was just in what general. Do we, what do we make of Brady right. laying into his offensive lineman? And if you haven't seen the clip, I'm sure you can find it online. Yeah, he he came at him pretty hard. Teams but have, I was fine with that. Yeah, and yeah. what I said when I was watching it was not that you, our quarterback would do that here because you know Jacoby Brissett doesn't have that. He cachet. stands up and apologizes after every game. <laughs> but what I want, I, I would love to see Miles Garrett do that once to the defense after a blown assignment. I would love to see him standing up, ten guys sitting down, yeah. and him slamming Dreaming. his finger in the air and pointing at guys. Yeah. But I haven't seen that. You I haven't know. seen anything close either, to that. Either you got it or you don't. It's not something that's just in you or it's not like. 
You don't just because you got to see on your chest don't mean you that type of vocal leader. There's a lot of people that Tom Brady would never think about that yelling like that. They don't like, you need someone to be that I, guy? I need them. To, I need the Even coaches. If it's not Miles. I need the coach. I need two, three players to do that. It's all good for you to be on the sideline because that means that you're passionate. That you don't. This ain't acceptable for me. I look at the Browns and really. It looks like a, a cupcake walk. Yeah. There's nothing right. Everything ain't soft. nothing is ain't nothing mean or contentious. I don't see it. And by the way, all of you out there, if you want me to yell at you, make sure you subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. <laughs> subscribe. Hit no, the you're bell. gonna yell at them if they don't subscribe. If, yes, true. What's well, our I'm number? You Sixteen thousand. Sixteen four now. Sixteen four. We were at like sixteen two yesterday. Click that subscribe button. Click on that well. bell. Let's go. We can get someone like LeBron out there who would blow the defensive assignment and then look around and throw his hands oh, and yeah. yell at everybody else. He was cold for that. <laughs> That's your man, dog. That's guys, your dude. Guys would blow by him and he'd go, yeah. what are you doing? Uh, that's great. <laughs> John Johnson was like, I'm going to pick that one. I like that move. That's yeah, crazy. I, like, I love that blow, move. Blow the assignment yeah. and throw your hands up and look around. Where classic. were you? Classic, yeah, classic, Only LeBron classic. could pull that off. And Tom uh, Brady. <laughs> We, we were going to talk about the Ravens offense and how it matches up with the Browns. We'll, we'll save that for tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because it, <laughs> that that's counts. good. But no, I thought this was a good discussion. Yeah, I yeah. did because Much needed. You know, whether it's John Dorsey or whether it's Andrew Barry, the fact of the matter is uh, they've got to get more out of everybody on this roster. The good getting. news is, and, and it's not good enough, uh, is that both John Dorsey and Andrew Barry overall have done a better job than the previous three or four GMs who were. Complete Fs. Yeah. You know, so have... it's getting better. Now, Barry's got to do a better in job. Now, Sashi's defense, I mean, I think he was carrying the flag for the organization during a time where they were giving right. up. And yes. that's tough to do. And he did, and he drafted Miles Garrett. I know it seems like a no-brainer, but. Uh, that one's easy. And I do, th- you know, we were just talking earlier about coaches learn from their mistakes. I think it's the same thing with GM. They get better at drafting Absolutely. the more that they do it. They're going to have misses the first time they're in charge. Yeah. Even the second time they're in yeah. charge. By year three, by year four, some of these guys are in the position for 10 or 12 years. It's because they figured it out, and they've, they've learned from their mistakes. Right. The Browns so you would hope to, that Andrew could be that guy. The Browns have gotten, at, mi- at minimum, enough from Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski. To, to be competitive. And, and they should not fire, be thinking about firing either of them. Right. Joe Woods, Mike Prefer, that's a different, different story. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. got to be accountability. Yes. Yeah. And right now, the organization is kind of running on this autopilot deal where there's no accountability. It feels that Even, way, yeah. Okay, so we have can, – can we get someone that can catch a punt? Even if you can't get return right, can we get Bro, someone that I don't I mean, have to bad. hold my breath Bro, every, every single time? time I'm holding my I breath know. saying that he's going to fumble this. And in their defense, they, they did said, sign yeah. to Grant. They did try. They but did try to address you gotta it. you got to have a backup option. I know. I know. <laughs> but they, but they the did – you know, we scream, again, defensive tackle. Why yeah. won't they address it? They did. These guys suck. They've gotten it wrong. They tried to address the punt return team. He gets hurt. Yeah, it is so. funny. They, they actually have drafted four defensive linemen in the first four rounds the last three years. That's a lot. Yeah. And none of them have And they better draft more yeah. because they, they don't have, have the answers here, yet. And that kind of goes on the GM, too. Ogan Joby, when he was here, I know it's easy to say now, but I loved him when he was here. I did, too. I loved I him when he was pick. here. I thought he was a and great pick. I thought he was a great pick. And Olivier Vernon well and Bengals Sheldon Richardson. Year. Like, I don't, I don't know why. It just... I don't want to – it feels like because they devalued they, it because they haven't hit, but they had guys that were good that were here that they let walk. They, But they were looking to save money, right? you got to save money at some spots. They were confident in their draft picks, and they were wrong. Yeah. I don't think it's that they don't care about the position. I think they've just misevaluated the position. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. We got a Didi. Uh, a Didi. Hey. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 